This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are we? I'm good. Good. I'm good. Good. Yeah. good morning. Me too. Good morning. Also. I too also am well. Are you? In addition to, yes. Excellent. I was going to say with or without the hashtag, but I'm going to let it go because <laughs> I am not. Yes, that, you are. You're not well? <laughs> yeah. Issue I was going to say that unsmart, but anyway. Good morning, yes. everybody. Yeah. It's going to be a good San Diego. It's supposed to be a little hot today, though, huh? Yeah, it's supposed bit. to be warm. Was it Was it foggy on your drive-in from the south side? No, it was overcast, but it was not. It was foggy coming out of Poway. On the oh, surface. See, from Scripps Ranch, it was just overcast. Yeah, so. I didn't notice anything. It wasn't foggy, for sure. In was Sarah it overcast? Mesa. Did uh, you see yeah, the 96%... No. Give us waxing moon? No, I did not. I didn't either. But you know what that means? Remember those seeds I told you I was going to plant last week and the week before and the week before and the week before? Hang on, those that you haven't planted yet. Yes. Now is the time. Because of the the moon. full moon is drawing the moisture up to help keep my seeds moist and nurture them until they germinate. your farmer's almanac? Uh, Yeah, and just the stuff I make up as I go along. (laughs) Oh. What was that? <laughs> I think the, the coyote. Oh, the barking at the moon. Yes. Los coyotes. Okay. Um, good morning. I have harvested, uh, I had apricots this morning off the tree. Very good. To to make sure I didn't pollute them, I I just kind of moved the branch towards my face and took them off the tree because I would you know done chicken stuff, so I didn't want to get Oh, I, I know how you are. You're a little weird about that. And and last night when I put the chickens to bed, I had apricots, uh, spicy nectar plums, oh. and another dapple supreme. Ooh. Yeah, it was a good. We had, we a, had good... a uh, berry cobbler from blackberries from the the caneberries in the yard. It was phenomenal. I didn't have enough, but I did eat a few blackberries the day before. Does that count? There's nothing it does better count. than pulling them off and eating. Oh, speaking of which, I do think that those are a lolly berries you brought in because I was harvesting mine and they're similar in size and a little bit of tang to them. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to stick to that. No, I'm going to stick to that. So you're saying, so I thought you said they weren't a lolly berry. But no, because I thought mine were different that. until I went home and tried mine and then they, and they taste the them. same and they look the same. And yeah. <laughs> and, and they're very, very tasty. No, those were good. Those were good. Um, Milkweed is starting to oh, yeah, somewhat become available. Yes. It kind of depends. I had a customer call up. We have the yeah. tropicals in now. Well, we've, we've, got, we've got some of the natives in, but we had a ton of tropicals. And then I went out yesterday 
It's all gone. Well, mm-hmm. we're we're moving them over to put them near the natives so that the milkweed is, is in a milkweed in section. Same, so that might be place. what happened. And okay. what was the – you were making comments about borders and what that means to natives versus non-natives. Oh, the uh, one of the articles that I was reading from the – from the Texas Texas Butterfly Ranch was one of their I believe it was one of their entomologists back there said that you know as far as as far as native and non-native milkweed is concerned they said in some areas if the border with Mexico was 100 was drawn 100 miles farther south the tropical milkweed would be a native milkweed interesting it's so borders matter no so if you, so if you if you plant if you plant the tropical milkweed just cut it down in November right just cut it back. Yeah, I've been having a discussion with a, another customer about tropical milkweeds. And do you invest in thirty more trop or beautiful milkweeds to continue the the monarchs in Mary's garden are unbelievable. There's dozens Everywhere. of them constantly, and the caterpillars are going nuts. And so, yeah, we had one uh, of the tropical growing in a. It's a weed. I mean, basically, and it had must have had fifteen right there in the name. What's it? Well, it hence the name. But <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, it was just growing in a pot somewhere, and it must have had fifteen cat. I mean, caterpillars on it. It was well, insane. The, those plants that are at the Poway store are just there are butterflies dancing around it all day long. I mean, five, ten butterflies constantly, just constantly, just constantly dancing. Yeah. What I I need to look at. I I believe it was on that same website. I need to look it up. But one of the things that they had said that you can do, if you run if you if you run short of milkweed, if they eat all your milkweed and you don't have anything to feed them, is you can feed them you can feed them pumpkins. Pumpkins they, they, or pumpkin pump, pumpkins, leaves? No, the actual fruit. And they showed a picture of some cut up pumpkin, and they had monarchs on <laughs> monarch caterpillars huh. on it that were mowing on the. It might, it might I've be easier. Never to, seen that. It before. might be easier to get milkweed. Well, it yeah. might. It might be. That yeah. was a yeah. Unless you're growing a, pumpkins, I wonder if well, I wonder if you could feed it canned pumpkin. Well, or or George's overgrown squash. Yeah. Volunteer. I need to. Yeah. I, I. It never occurred to me that they would eat something like that, other than. Yeah. Other than milkweed. So. I, the article, Ken, because you shared it with me, I was going to use it on our Facebook post, but they said some breeders and enthusiasts have taken to offering pumpkins, cucumbers, and some other alternative fuels for late season monarch, monarchs. And you're right, they're all over some pumpkin slices yeah. eating it. Huh. So I, I didn't know that either, but. Who, who knew? Yeah. But oh, right, maybe if you have a cucumber laying around, you can yeah. throw it out there and see what. See what happens. I actually do have cucumbers to harvest, so maybe I could do that. As I was noticing monarchs in my yard on the lantana, they were enjoying the lantana, I was wondering, because I have no Asclepius in my yard that I'm aware of, and I haven't seen any at my neighbors, but I haven't totally uh, been throughout all of my neighbors' yards. I'm not a total creeper, just exactly. a partial one. Um, but I'm wondering what they're, where they're coming from. It's their migration. Oh, <laughs> They're on their way to Rancho Santa Fe <laughs> or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen populations of monarchs and caterpillars, both in adult and, and larval stage, as I have seen in Mary's garden. And it's good for us because well, she's getting 30 more Asclepius next week to take care of them while she's out of town. So, Well, I think it was, it, it was, when, it was when Tom Ferguson used to work for us so that's got to be what six or seven years ago now oh you know like that? when you 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But we had that huge invasion of monarchs at the nursery, and the caterpillars were cruising all over the ground looking for places to pupate. You remember they they were everywhere. They it was. It was amazing how. I don't know why they are. don't hang out on the milkweed. They look for eaves. And they look for other places. Yeah, they, when they're yeah. done eating, they just they, they get out of it. They yeah. get off the plants. They get out of dodge. They go somewhere else. Yeah, it's very because uh, they are a wanderer. Very unusual. Thank you, Dion. Yes, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, we did have we we did have for those of the, for those that want the native milkweed. We did have a pretty good supply of fascicularis in stock, and they were they were nice. They were. For what we have been seeing, they were big um, compared to what we had, had in the past. compared to the single stem sticks we were getting yeah, earlier. Yes. Yeah, no, we yes. had we had some we had some nice canful um, one gallons in stock yesterday over in the uh, in the native section. Although the foliage was a little wider than I was norm than I'm normally used to. I, yeah. I think there's some seedling variation, and but, then there's some labeling variation. It might be speciosa. Yeah, I get confused every time I go out there and look at the. Well, speciosa is kind of a has, Miter, kind of, has, has a white I, foliage to it, doesn't it? Or am I thinking of something wide or white? White, white has kind of a which, which is the one that has the kind of furry white foliage to it? Maybe it's aerial. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's aerial carpa. I can't. I don't know. There's, there's we got, a lot, we got a lot, a lot of, of we got a lot of milkweed coming in. Now, <laughs> right. so. Anyway, and if, just in time for all the butterflies and caterpillars. Correct. Yes. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you. Um, we are getting into plumeria season. I know we had some containerized ones in stock, mm-hmm. uh, and we had cuttings, too. Yes. And cuttings are pretty pretty easy to grow. Yeah, they are. They're yeah. actually very easy to grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit of rooting hormone. I usually recommend yeah. rooting them in um, perlite. Perlite or yeah, yeah, fine per- perlite. Put them in a container, water it real well, and then let it stay just a little bit on the dry side so yeah. they don't rot. And they should root out pretty quickly. They like yeah. the warm weather and root out weather. quickly now. Right. So if you're going to grow those in a pot, what, what is your soil of choice? Because I've had this discussion I think mine late. Is, I have one in a container at the house out on the pool deck, and I think it when I planted it years and years ago, I think I just used a cactus, yeah. cactus soil. So you need something that drains really drains well. well right? Yeah, you, that's I mean, not going to hold You can grow them in almost anything, really. But what <laughs> yeah, is your? What I, I, is well, your? I, I typically recommend if it's going to be in a pot, the uh, EB Stone Citrus and Palm mix, which okay. is, is it's yeah, similar to sub, subtitled for tropical plants. Right. So it, yeah, similar. it works quite well. Mm-hmm. That's you know, what I've been using. I I tried a couple more avocados to see what I see if I can keep them alive, uh, and I I use the. Uh, Citrus and palm fertilizer, and so far they're loving it. I mean, the, I water the them a couple. Of, or couple the soil, of, the soil, the soil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, and I water them a couple times a week, and so Doing far they, they they look great. They, the the stems aren't turning black, and the foliage falling. Way off to go! And, That's a start. and they're not and they're not wilting either. So I I think we when you may do have got a, the right combination, what yeah. we call the you right turn way. The corner on uh, well, re- avocados. Remember huh? to keep them watered this summer. No, I do. A, I I can't believe how much hand watering I've been doing lately because I've got the, I've got the tomatoes out on the pool deck and containers and some other stuff. And yeah, so you have I to go water. I go. Yeah. I get. I get home at night and the first thing I do is I go out and start watering stuff. Yeah. So, empty-handed watering or with the no empty-handed hand? usually. I'm oh, so sorry. I know. I usually wait until I get all the work done, then I go in. And, then I'll go in and have pull, a beer. Pull a big fat one. 
Well, I, Carol Fuller. Yeah. Yes. When she would do her presentation, she would always have her water timer. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. It was a glass of wine, and that's the timer for how long she would leave the hose on on certain plants. It was when the glass is gone, then you turn the hose off. Oh. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It Except would. if, yeah. Well, well, it depends on the size of the glass. Exactly. There's some variables in there, but yes. Yes, there are some variables yeah. in there. <laughs> it's not a perfect system, Mr. No. Mahady. No, well, I can see my. I can see me going south on that one. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Flooding the yard. Flooding the yard. Like that. Yeah. Or, or the neighbor's the yard. Chair, right? No, if Mark was using it as a timer, the plant would get 13 seconds of water and it would be up. Mm. Oh, gone. Timer's yeah, done. Gotta go move the hose. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of watering, one thing that I, I, I'm constantly readjusting the timing on the on the sprinklers, and because the especially the lawn tends to it tends to dry out so i decided what i was going to do i i reduced the i've shortened up the the duration that the sprinklers are on but i'll do it two or three depending on what it is two or three times a day and so far that seems to be doing a much better job of yeah you see a much it, better yeah, job you get it of, to of soak of, down without running off exactly right exactly so i and some in some cases it, it, I run it for a short period of time, four times a day. But I've no, I've definitely noticed that the moisture content in the in the landscaping, at least in the backyard, has has evened out much better than it was Excellent. before. Yeah. Interacting with your timer on exactly. a regular basis is you got to know your timer. Yeah, and if it rains, you go and shut the thing off. Correct. Is that how it works? Well, in a perfect, in a perfect world, world yeah. that's what it's supposed to do. But usually, I wake up and it's raining, and my sprinklers. Are yeah, running, and most so. people. Okay, so the sprinkles that we anymore. had this week are not the rains that you were referring to. When no, you say I didn't. No, I did not. To which you are referring. I did not. I did not turn them off this week. It was a very. It was a very welcome rain that we got. Yeah, that was uh, kind of unusual. I well, thought. Yeah, it wasn't much, but. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't enough to change the sprinkler cycle. No, and they are talking about the monsoonal moisture returning this coming week. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yes. And so maybe so we'll get some showers west of the mountains. Or just humidity. It could be. So you could always yeah. invest in a new timer. Well, and, and put a uh, one of those water. I've got sensors. On. Mine came with a water okay. sensor. I just never hooked it up. Right. So you're well, listening. The, oh, go, go ahead. No, no, no. There, those water sensors are not perfect, and we will discuss that when we return. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahaney, and George Allman. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'll be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. To the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same, but it's all right now. I learned my lesson. 
see you can't please everyone so you got to please yourself and we're back with more garden talk here on kcbq and kprz i'm ken anderson along with david ross mark mahady george allman we were talking about timers timers and the Watering. water and the water sensor that you said we have a customer who is a former engineer at Qualcomm, and he got the bestest timer with the uh, the sensors that take the weather, and it also ties into the weather system. But that wasn't it wasn't a plug and play. It needed to be adjusted because sometimes the sprinkler would automatically adjust incorrectly or would not adjust enough for the weather. And so he still spent hours and hours fine-tuning it as an electrical engineer might might be might, want yeah. to do. Yes. So the same things when we are talking with our customers about soil type and can, all the other variables that happen, you can't really set up any one system just to, to take all of that into account. Yeah, and so it's, we're, we're right. still needed. There, there's there, a lot. A lot of it is is trial and error. You know when. Um, yeah, there isn't anything that's perfect. No, I I've told this story before, but it's it's been a while. When United Launch Alliance was across the street from us over at the Convair buildings at the San Diego store, one of the engineers came over one day and said, "You know, we potted up these palm trees, and we're having out for our outdoor dining area, and we're having problems with them." Could, would one of you guys be willing to come over and take a look at it? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll wander over there and see what's going on. So in between two of the buildings, they had a bunch of tables set up for for seating, um, and they had these big concrete pots with these. At the at the time, they were triangle palms were really popular, and they had put these in, and they and the trees just were not looking well. And he said, you know, we've been we've been watering them, and we've kept but we've watered them, we cut back on the water, and then we bought these. Um, high, is it hygrometer? The, the really, I mean, these were full-on scientific instrument, not just a moisture meter, but I mean, right. these were full-on scientific instrument grade hygrometers that they put into the containers, and then they had the machinist make uh, stainless <laughs> steel covers to go over them that locked in place. I mean, it was. And he and he's and you know and we're and we're using these and we're not getting anywhere with it. And I said, well, these don't. I said, I said unless you're everything's working and you have a baseline, this isn't really going to tell you anything. And he said, well, how much water should we be putting on these? And I said, well, I said you want to give them a good soaking. I would say probably about once a week or so. Well, what does that Wait, mean? What's, what's a good soaking? And I'm like, well, you you want to you want to get this you want to get the root ball really moist, really yeah. moist. All the way through is well. How many are we talking about? Two get two gallons. Two point seven gallons. gallons? Yeah. We, how how much water are we talking? I, he 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 was so precise. Yes, but he, he was a rocket scientist. I mean, that's what they were doing. They were and, building and rockets. Over that's there. how you get hundred thousand dollar toilets. Exactly. So got to put it all or, together uh, just right. That is. But we, you know that we do have a lot of folks that want the number. You know, do I give it seven gallons? And, and yeah. to your point, it's. Get it wet. Watch water come out the bottom of the basin, and you know that you've got the entire root ball wet if it's in a pot. You need to wet it from here to here and here to here. Right. And whatever amount that? of water or frequency yeah. or time that it takes to do that, that's what you have to do. It's well, unf- you, 
Go ahead. Well, sure. it's, uh, it's unfortunate that we can't say it's 13 yeah, gallons, gallons and two ounces, seven, yeah. and it needs to be over this fetch. And that's what people want. It's over this area, and this is how long you turn on the hose, or this is how long you turn on your sprinklers. And then we can't tell you that. I can tell you approximately what area needs to be watered and approximately the frequency, but otherwise you've got to get out there and interact. And then you also have to pay attention to what the plants are telling you after you have done what you have done. And if they're starting to wilt, if, if we're telling you to water once a week and after five days you see things start to wilt, that means you should have watered in four days or five days, not in seven or ten, depending on the on your the situation. Yeah, yeah, your little yeah. microclimate, et cetera. And, and it is, you... it's frustrating to customers. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you're talking an amount like five gallons or ten gallons. The other side of that is, are folks who, who utilize um, drip irrigation. They say, well, how long should I run it? And Longer. You know, well, certainly yeah. longer, but, the, you know, the variables are how much coming out, how many emitters do you have, and, right. and, and then the time as well. And typically most people don't know those answers. They, True. They, it's because somebody else installed it for them and right. they don't talk about I mean, they probably are told at one point, but they don't think about that. Well, even drip systems yeah. that are installed by pro- professional, True. quote, unquote, yeah. gardeners I, and landscapers, I have seen yeah. run improperly. You had a customer yesterday with a persimmon tree that she was losing the, the, the fruit, fruit on the The persimmon. fruit was dropping, and it was yeah. a mature tree. been in a long time, but she was watering it, I think, four or five minutes every day with drip with a, a dripper on a mature persimmon. It's doing nothing except for expending some water. Right. Yeah, it's not doing anybody any good. No. No. So, the, and also, so often we get customers that come in that want help with their irrigation, but they're not the one that knows the time or the frequency. That's correct. the other person at home that knows the answers to the questions. So it makes it even more difficult right. to to help assess. Correct. Well, then you then you have the people that come in that had an irrigation system in their yard, but to save water, they converted sections of their irrigation system to drip irrigation. So they're running sprinkler, regular sprinkler heads and drip irrigation all on the same all on the same section and that that for the most part doesn't work something's going to give on that yeah Yeah. i was over flipping on sprinklers manually because there's a issue with the timer on one sprinkler at my folks house and on the lawn sprinklers all of them all of the heads except for one have been converted to stream rotors Mm -hmm. so they're all putting out this very fine moving stream Except for one old school putting out a half circle of straight water in the same on the same line, so it's going to put out significantly more spray in the same period of time as the others. So there's one section that's greener than the rest for some reason. Same same kind of thing, just a different type. Right, so of, the, the streamer yeah. type need to be run longer, much longer, much much longer. Those those yeah. very fine streams the, the, that are yeah. ultimately dialed down to whatever uh, distance that you need covered puts out much less water uh, in the same period of time as the older right straight spray but when, and i've got uh, i have a lot of those in like my entire back lawn is set up with those and it and they actually work really well uh, but it, it's it's kind of a it's kind of the drip irrigation of sprinklers because you, they're designed to run for a long period of time but they put out a relatively small amount of water um Without a lot of waste. Without right. a lot of waste. Right. Um, and it soaks in. So, But to get it to soak in enough, you've got to run it for a you've while. You've got to run yeah. it for a while. Now, mm-hmm. Do some areas of your backyard 
must be warmer than others. Yes. And has has that been reflected in the way you set up your sprinkler lines? Or I'm guessing closer to the house. I wanted cooler. to, but I didn't. So so, so some areas yeah. get more than others. Yeah, you know the the back lawn, the two the two sections of the sprinklers on the back lawn are there's an east section and there's a west section. But because of the shading of the house, especially right. in the wintertime, it should be set up with a north section and a south section, which at some point in time I may get around to, to switching it out. So so the more, well, ultimately the more stations you have, the more you fine-tune the, the whole system, putting plants with the same needs on the same lines, mm-hmm. and right. that would be north versus south in your yard. Mm-hmm. And... The more you fine tune it, it's going to take you more time, energy, and money up front to set it all up that way. But ultimately, it'll be much better for much more efficient, and it yes. gives you a lot more flexibility. I think that's one of the problems we have with uh, sometimes with customers because they'll they'll talk about a particular plant, like your persimmon lady yesterday. You know, five minutes every day, and you say, "Well, you need to increase that significantly." And they say, "Well, I can't because it's on. I have other plants yeah, on there, I, yeah. and it's on the same line." Yeah, and and so it becomes problematic. So to to David's point, if you can fine-tune it and have different zones with, with the yeah. same needs, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. The other th- the other thing that you you can do to, as far as fine-tuning is concerned is I think a lot of people, when they, when they put a sprinkler head in, they just put the sprinkler head in and let it go. Well, that sprinkler head, that individual sprinkler head's adjustable as well. Right. So, you know, if you have a, if you put it, if you have a bed that's, I don't know, say six feet deep, and you put a sprinkler head on that has a throw of 10 to 12 feet, you need yeah. to dial that sprinkler head back so that the water is going into the section that you want it to go to and not overshooting it onto your patio or sidewalk or even out of your yard. So that, that makes your, your that's, a, that's, stuff, just yeah. a, that's just one more variable in, well, into the whole system. And another piece of that same puzzle is if you're throwing water out the the more water you are throwing out over a larger area, there's going to be more weeds, and yes. not only do the plants not need it, it's being wasted. You're going to create other work for you later down the line as you're watering areas that don't don't need it. That is very very true. I uh, yesterday morning turned on a a manual sprinkler on the end of a hose, and uh, just for a little bit until I left for work, just to touch up the water. <laughs> what, what time? Did, so you got a good got soaking, home? is what you're saying? Yeah. When I got home at eight thirty, I turned it off last night. So that's one of those slow. Steady it was gym. a fairly fine hose end sprayer, the one that had the feet, so you can set the right. nozzle yeah. down on the ground. So it is fairly fine, but I'm it's guessing it got a couple hours more water than I intended to give it. Well, because well, of this weekend, I'm sure it'll work out fine. Yes. I left at 6.30, I got home at 8.30, and it was going to run from 6.30 to, or from 6 to 6.30, just as a touch-up. Ish. Ish. (laughs) Well, you should have got one of the inline timers for your hose. I have those, Ken. (laughs) I'll set them up later. Yes, I should have. You, get, you need to get one, a, a, tat, a phone app so you can you turn, can turn that well, on. I usually have my little wine glass timer, but not at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. So yeah. if I'd had that, it would have Amateur. reminded me to Coffee. turn it off. Yeah, rookie. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this.
get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't look the same. But it And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Are we done talking about sprinklers? I think, I we're think done. we are. Yeah. Well, just keep in mind it's going to be very hot coming up, so you yeah. may want to adjust your sprinklers accordingly. Or, or just turn them on and forget them. That'll work, too. And uh, if the monsoon rain comes, turn, yeah, them, off. turn, turn, turn them off. Turn them off. Okay. Just remember to turn them back on again. Yes. Yeah. That's not bad advice. I We had a customer in yesterday, George, that saw the presentation we did for the Master Gardeners. Right. She called us geeks. Oh, that's right. She, she did say that. Is that uh, the same woman I was speaking with? Yes. Yeah. Yep. To whom you were? Yes. Yes. I, I don't... I well, don't... I mean... Well, I mean... Well, you guys kind of are geeks. Nothing yeah. personal. <laughs> how, how else? How else do we take that? I don't know. <laughs> okay, take it as you Sticks will. It, take it as you will. Okay, okay. We will take it me. as as we will. Anyway, I didn't think we were geeks. I thought maybe nerds. I don't know the difference. Uh, okay. Oh, is there one like Star Wars no. and one likes Lord of the Rings? Is that something like that? So I don't know the difference. Okay. Is well, it, you ought to be proud to be geeks. It's okay. Is it a difference without dis- a distinction without difference? Okay. I Probably so. so. All right, George. You had an interesting Wednesday wisdom on the um, <clears throat> Facebook page this week on on botanical or Latin or scientific names uh, for plants. And, and one of the what struck me earlier in the week was someone asking for African daisies, and I, I showed them uh, Osteospermum. Showed them osteospermum, and that's not what they were looking for. So, because common names, as as we say in in the Facebook page, common names are common to you and you know thirty people or a couple hundred thousand, but not the world. No, uh, it's or where you live, yeah. right? In your region, right? So, yeah. uh, anyway, I went down that path to come up with some of the uh, history behind the binomial name, the binomial system of nomenclature, of nomenclature for for plants. And what's interesting is. And, and I, I know you guys know this. You've been doing this a long time. But you know the names, usually the, the genus, the first name of a, of a plant is often uh, to honor the person that found the plant or discovered the plant or, or developed the plant. And then the second name is a, you know, very, something specific about the plant. It's got white flowers or it has large fruit, things like that. And so that, that's what it was about on, on how to identify plants with that and give you some insight. Uh, I'm laughing because one of the first common names I remember was bad plant. <laughs> bad plant. I, yes. It was pampas grass. Oh, yeah. And I, I was always told that was bad plant. I mean, for the first, I don't know how many years, pampas grass was Cortadaria celuiana was bad plant. 
because that's my common name. But I don't think if I went to a store and said, could you help me find a bad plant for my yard, that most people would know what I was talking about. Well, when my when my dad was involved, well, when there was the California Association of Nurserymen, uh, my dad was very involved with the uh, California Certified Nursery Professional Professional um, Examination Process, and they and part of the exam was you had to, they would bring in a bunch of plants and you had to identify them with the with the botanical name and the common name, and somebody and in this one testing group they brought in a Dizagothica. Okay. And the and one of the one of the people taking the exam got Dizagothica elegantissima as the as the botanical name and put um, false marijuana as the common as name. the common name and the my dad was in the group that was grading everything was well well he's not wrong so <laughs> so that, that wasn't the that I can't remember what the other common name well, wait, is wait a minute for that for the listening listening audience and me what what is disacathia Right. False marijuana. It is. Is that what it really? I mean, that's a common name. <laughs> well, it's, it's false, a com- false Aurelia. It, it, false Aurelia. Thread, Aurelia. Okay, Aurelia. Aurelia. Yeah. Aurelia. Okay. Yeah, threadleaf Aurelia. Yeah, that, well, that's the, probably and what that's it was. The common about. names, right? Yeah. That's yeah. where we go into the common. Yeah. They, that's and that that runs into problems. Although you know, um, botanists are also one of the other things that they're really good at is changing names. Oh yes. Well, right. Uh, a couple years ago, we spoke of that with Rosemary. Because Rosemary went from Rose, I don't remember her calling a, in. Didn't go to a salvia. That was your, or that was your sister. It, it became a salvia. Yeah. Right. So it came from yeah. the genus. Uh, you know, Rosemary <laughs> seems to be a lot of that going on now. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a it, it it's amazing over Truth. over time how 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 things change and so and I can I can see changing I can see changing the name of a plant to change its classification, but then they'd make changes that just make no sense to me at all. Like when they change the spelling of Raphaelipus from R A. PH to R H P A P H. Does that really clarify yeah. anything no. anymore with that extra H in Unless it? Yeah, it makes me always an wonder original, when I'm yeah, typing they, it in which one's the new one, which one's yeah, the old one. Well, they found an old manuscript and found out that it was originally spelled this way. And, hence, and how many times have we reclassified king palms oh, and Australian tree ferns? King palms, Australian tree ferns, even um, queen palms yeah. have been reclassified. Yeah. I don't even know what it is anymore. Is it. Is it it used to be Cocos plumosa. Yeah, right? I think it's Syria. Uh, is it Syriagus? Yeah, I think Something it is. Like that. Some, and I would not have come Cocos up with plumosa that. Cocos plumosa is as far as I'm going. Yeah. What, what are some of the common names that you guys typically hear that ha, you know that are a different plant for for you? Oh. Or, well, tree fern is a common name that's used for many different. Well, primarily two tree ferns. Right. Yeah, but you could throw right. some of the blacknums in there yeah. too. Now you can't. Now it's a because. But that, back that in the be, day when I more. started, we didn't have any black. No, we didn't. Yes, we didn't. That's true. Um, but those are those aren't. They're like a dwarf tree Mid, fern. Yeah, it's, that's what it's the, not gonna. It's not gonna be a huge tree right. fern. Black eyed Susan is one that struck me with Ambergia. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, I didn't mean that. That's yes, funny. Yeah, uh, the black eyed Susan, the the vine or the the little perennial shrub. Oh yeah, two yeah, different, yeah. completely different looking plants. Yes, correct. Totally, not even in the same not ballpark. Same, yeah, not at all. Genealogically, a, the shrub is it Rudbeckia. Rudbeckia. Yeah, that's how long it's been since I heard that referral, other than to a Thunbergia. Oh, okay, and I usually I think. I often hear it for the, the little shrub. 
Yeah. What were some of the other ones you came across when you were? Well, when I was looking at coneflowers, what do you think of when you hear coneflower? Uh, echinacea. Echinacea, but I know there's other. Leucodendron. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that, I Leuc- guess. Because there is one called coneflower. Now, but see, I, that's interesting because if you're talking proteas, I would think I would think a banksia would look more like a coneflower than a right. leucodendron. So, well, and, and I guess I mean, what, <clears throat> when, the, when, the small, when the buds are small, when the buds are small, it would it it could it could appear to be a coneflower. And how about the drumsticks? Couldn't that be a coneflower? But it's called drumsticks. Drumsticks. Yeah. Which I don't know. Which, 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 I think the, so. The, yeah, the straight got that up little, with a yellow. I mean, it looks like yes. a drumstick. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then there's yellow. some Asclepius with strange common names, which we don't need to get into on the air. <laughs> oh. Yes, that yes. is true. Yes. Let's just suffice it at that. Yeah. If you would like to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go down to Chula Vista where Alan is waiting. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Good morning, guys. Doing really well. Um, your discussion about watering. Mm-hmm. Uh, brought back some thoughts. Uh, I um, I do I, I shop at the San Diego store. Probably it's just too far to go from Chula Vista. But anyway, I was talking to Dale one time at the customer service counter about watering citrus trees. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, he said I used to tend uh, citrus up in the Escondido area, and he said the the best way he felt to water them is to just lay the hose on the ground uh, on the uphill side if it has a little slope to the to the land. And just let it run ever so slowly uh, for quite some time and, and uh, uh, let it kind of soak the, the area, the whole area under the tree. But I just wonder, what's the most efficient way to do it? Is, is it better to use a fine, like a fine spray on a, with a nozzle or something and just spray the whole area or just do what he suggested and just let it run real slow and, and uh, you know, cover the area? Well, the way I the way I tell people to deep soak like citrus and things like that is you how however you do it whether it's through a sprinkler head or just water coming out of the hose is you want the water you want the water coming out and going into the ground at at the same rate so that there's no runoff you want everything that comes out to be absorbed in so you don't want to just go and lay a hose out and turn it on Too high. and flood the area and have it have it running off because that's not it's that's not going to do anything for the tree and it's just going to waste the water because it's going to pour into other areas so if you if you use a hose just turn it You'll have to adjust it a little bit, but you just want a slow trickle that's going to come out of the hose and go into the soil at the at the same rate. And you do, and typically on a on a mature citrus tree, you would only need to do that about once every once every three every three weeks or so in the in the warmer season. And you could stretch it out to every four or five weeks um, in the cooler months. But when you let it run, you let it run for three or four hours. I mean, you really soak that area well. Or conversely, as David does for eight or nine or 10 hours a day. Yeah. It was a finer <laughs> spray. Oh, okay. to my defense. <laughs> but yes, the, it, in, in, in response, yeah, deep, deep soaking on citrus is the, is what they prefer and what, what they do best with. So if you're, if you're fertilizing every three months, watering once a month, say, um, you need you need to wet that fertilizer down to get it to soak in, don't you? So yes. if you, you let the water go across the ground and just soak in, it's not carrying the nutrients from the fertilizer with it, unless you unless you spray from the top. Well, co- correct. After feeding, if you go by, if, somebody's knocking on the door. If you go by with a hose or a spray over the top, 
to push the fertilizer down into the soil that is important and if you're not if you're watering with drippers then yes you need to do something to take the fertilizer down underneath the drippers so the drippers will take it down to the roots so then a recommended way would really be to, to use a very fine hand spray uh, when you're fertilizing and then the rest of the time just uh, you know, let it soak very slowly into the ground, just normal watering. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I su- suggest people usually water a little more aggressively with a hand spray after feeding so that they can get the fertilizer into the soil more quickly. But a finer spray would probably be a little better. Or now we have bubblers around most of ours with berms, and when you when you turn it on, it just floods it. Brings this brings the uh, nutrients down, dissolves it. Was was there ever a method uh, where you just uh, trench around the seattle uh, drip line of the of the tree? Um, that's the way I learned when I when I first started working with citrus was just to put a, a real shallow trench in, and just and uh, not not overflow it but flood it so it, when it's full and then let it soak in from there. Does that work? Well, if it worked for you back in the day when you did it, then yes. But usually we recommend that people are are watering an entire area, not just the trench around the drip line. And as trees mature and that drip line moves further out, you're getting further and further from the trunk. Uh, There's a whole large area in between where you still want some moisture. So I, I don't subscribe to that and think that making sure that that entire area from the drip line to the trunk is moist uh, when you water it is what we would suggest. What I would prefer, yeah. Alan, thank you very much for the call. We need to take a break. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. When I got to the garden party, they all knew my name. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. May I? Go ahead. I wanted to ask George. We were talking about watering issues before, and he was talking about flooding basins. On many occasions, we've had customers come in that have been filling basins on their trees for the last 10 years, and now all of a sudden it's not working for them. And their trees are declining. And why is that? I know why. Why is that, George? Because they kept the same basin that was, you know, 18 18 inches out circumference around the tree. I mean, uh, diameter from the tree. And they never increased it as the tree matured. Is your basin, are your basins increasing is my question to you? They have been increasing, yes. Okay. Yes. And, you know, in in following up with Alan's question about digging a trench around the drip line of the tree, I think you would do just the opposite. Instead of digging down into the ground and digging a trench, 
you build up around the drip line and then fill in between and then fill in that basin. I, right. I concur. As they get bigger, though, as the trees mature and that basin comes to a 20-foot diameter circle. Yeah, they gets too big for a berm. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Yep. Now thick, we may move thick along. Layer, yeah, as they get bigger, the berm goes away, Big, you know, more, more mulch, and then that slow trickle and or whatever. good yep. thick layer of mulch will right. help you be able to extend the watering and to we two had a, to four weeks. We had a big chip drop yesterday, too, so we are looking forward to mulching around a lot of trees. Looking forward to mulching around. Oh, absolutely. That's joy. Well, it's going to be a warm weekend for you. It'd be perfect time to do it. It is. And you can use that perspiration to water the trees and save water. Exactly. Okay. It's a good plan. I'm done. I like it. Now we may. All right. We're going to go up to San Marcos where Pat is waiting. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Hi. Good morning, gentlemen. I have an update and a question. Okay. My uh, my update was um, I called in uh, several weeks ago about my eggplant that was turning, the fruit was turning yellow, uh, from purple to yellow, and you recommended, you know, to use an insecticide, and I used an organic one, and now my fruit is purple again, so thank you, and so I appreciate that, and my question is, I have two plumeria in um, containers, one is flourishing and doing well, I mean, the, the leaves are coming out, the other one, the leaves are just at the top, and I uh, spray with an insecticide, but it's the leaves are still closed and they're not coming out of the top. So I, I, I'm puzzled what to do. We have seen in the past when a plumeria does not, the leaves don't mature and they're coming out of winter and the leaves elongate and then they drop off before they open up. Uh, on occasion, I've seen where that has been caused by them rotting out at the base. So the plant is still oh. there, but there's no, nothing connecting the roots to the top um, uh, and so they're just cannibalizing themselves and it okay. I, I would check the base and see if it's firm or okay. if it has rotted and if it's rotted okay. start cutting from the bottom up until you get to fresh green sappy wood um, and then cut it there let it heal for a few days and then reroute it out yep uh, so don't, don't water it right don't water it not, not if that's it. the case now there is moisture in the soil right you have been watering this pot this, yes, this spring yeah, yeah. okay yeah because uh, just a total lack of water and i've seen that as well where the uh, organic matter in the soil breaks down so there's nothing holding water anymore and you water it and it's just sandy dry after you get done watering that could cause it as well so make sure that the moisture that the soil is absorbing the moisture, and if that's the case, it's well, probably right. I, I have a miracle grow um, potting soil in both of them, and 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 one, as as I said, is flourishing and doing beautifully. I mean, I'm doing the exact same thing with both, so that's why I was puzzled. Okay, I'll try that. And make sure you make sure you're feeding it uh, regularly too. With what kind of uh, uh, fertilizer? Uh, the Which one that we usually recommend is. Is it Hawaiian? Hawaiian, oh, the big bud, right? Big, yeah. Hawaiian bud and bloom. Yeah, Hawaii, Hawaiian okay. bud and bloom. It's, it's super high phosphorus. It's like fifty percent phosphorus. 50. Yeah. Okay. And that okay. works. Well, that and that works really well. It's water soluble, so you have to do it about every two weeks or so. Uh, but okay. they they love it. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen, and and I appreciate you uh, solving the dilemma with my eggplant. So I look forward to having eating eggplant again. Excellent. Very Enjoy. Very good. Have a great okay, weekend. Bye. Okay. I guess we all take different things from our from our conversations because I remember that call and I was thinking that they were overripe and, and 
that was what was yelling, yellowing them. Well, we talked about potentially spider mites on the leaves damaging yeah, we the leaves. Did talk We did about talk that. about water. Excess water can cause yellowing. Yeah. Let's say I don't pay full attention, so I only, I only remember the certain portions of it. But, you know, she said she's doing everything the same with both, but one's not doing well. I'm curious if there's anything different in, in yeah, location. Just, yeah, you know, 10 feet away, one's getting some shade, so it's getting too much water because it doesn't Correct. need it. So just little right. things rarely, like that. Rarely is everything exactly right. the same. It's very, right. yeah. I mean, everybody, people think that, but it's rare. Like you say, there's always a shadow of something or you know, a tree or a house or something that's blocking things. Oh, I had a I had a customer one time. They had a privet hedge that ran down along the side of their driveway, and their driveway had a slope to it, and the the hedge was all on the same sprinkler system, but the ones at the top were much smaller and not and and, and were not as lush as the ones at the base. The, as the base. Everything is exactly the same. But the it may be the same, but the water that's coming out at the same rate at the top as it is at the bottom. Tends to go yeah, downhill down to the like bottom. Something go with down gravity to the bottom. Or something. Yeah. yeah. So and also after you shut the sprinklers off, all the water that's in that exactly. pipe is going to drain out the bottom. Don't goes down goes to the bottom yeah. extra right. water. Yeah. yeah. And people yeah. just don't think about that, and it's not. No. And it's normal not to think Correct. about that right. kind of thing. I mean, everything theoretically is getting the same. But, but we've said this before, though. When you when you speak when you speak to customers and you start explaining that and you go kind of like through the forensics, the yeah. light bulbs for many of them go off. Oh, I, you're, you're right. That my is, neighbors. My neighbors. You know, that is the garage truth. sticks out and it gets shade in the afternoon. It takes a long time sometimes. Yeah, but, but it's nice when those lights go off. And half the time, though, people look at you like you're yeah, just mean just and wanna, don't want to help they them. Want, right. They want to fight with you about yes. it. And say, like, yes. I'm not I, here to fight with you. I got plenty of people that want to fight with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Three of them are in this room. Exactly. It's like, no. Uh, in, our, uh, in our return to normalcy, uh, if, oh. you, if, you, if you don't subscribe to it, uh, Go to the website, WalterAnderson.com, that's S-E-N, and uh, subscribe to our email newsletter. The next one is going to be coming out next week. Um, but we are going to start in-person classes again at both of the stores. July 10th, I believe, is the, yeah. is the first day. So uh, check, the, check, out the, um, check out the newsletter, and you'll see what classes are coming up for the month of July. And hopefully this will be a continuing thing going forward. Is, yeah, a lot of people want us to get back into it. it yeah, yes. we've been, they've been asking. A lot of, asking. A lot of the, I mean, um, sorry, a lot of the employees want to do it too, so they're kind of excited about it. It'll be be nice to to get yeah. back into that. Are the classes on the website yet? No, I don't think okay. so. Okay, and I forgot. Oh, they t- might be because Melanie was working on the. She was working on the calendar. Okay, so I also I was supposed to text you last night and tell Melanie to check or to recheck an email because. I gave Mark the wrong email address, so he sent the classes, but to an email address that is not watched. Okay. Well, we'll take care of that. Okay. All right. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back next week with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.